Welcome to Hash Time with Navguzi Chuanuka. This is a place where we help you unravel social constructs, discuss self-development in line with mental health, emotional well-being, and everything in between that directly or indirectly affects us in the millennial world around us. If you're hearing my voice for the first time and are the kind of person who is not scared of being a better version of yourself even if it requires you to contradict who you were 24 hours ago, consider this your virtual home. I'm your host, Navguzi Chuanuka, and I cannot wait to engage with you in the various conversations. Hi, Koa. Hi, how are you doing? Great. News on the internet is that a lady who has been flaunting her ass on the internet and mm-hmm. claiming that she has a lot of money and living a good life has died, apparently. Is that the thing that had pigeon in it? Yeah, 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 yeah. The one that I, had pigeon in it. Did you know her? I didn't understand it. Uh, so, basically, it says that a lady that has been uh, living large on Instagram has died uh, after ingesting cocaine. Oh. So, according to the internet, she has got a, a Nigerian boyfriend. And apparently, they've been cutting drugs from one country to the other and having this lavish lifestyle, flying fast class and things like that. Isn't that and the poster that I saw uh, them talking about that she was a lawyer? Yeah, but I don't think she's doing law. Let me see. It, the post seems Kenyan to suggest... Mama and lawyer Dawn uh-huh. kick bucket as she goes swallow waiting big pass arm. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Jamaican patois. <laughs> it's tough, ne? It's tough. I hadn't, I hadn't understood. So fr- how did you understand that they were talking about cocaine? Oh, I, it, she's Kenyan and the, the news is it's a Kenyan news. Kenyan news using Nigerian pigeon? Because it's saying no, Kenyan slay it mama. Has, it has, the, the news has gone global. So uh, we were with the Ricks. Ricks is the one who told me about the, the story now. Wow. Do we say may she rest in peace? Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I believe it's going to be peaceful. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, those are the things that are going on. There is a gentleman in South Africa who has given birth to six kids with four women, four different women. Uh-huh. Today he was talking about how he has done it and people have been uh, saying that it's not serious with life. He is not, why would you go around sleeping with uh, four women and giving birth to six kids? There has to be a level of uh, of recklessness. But, but then he's saying that these are things that he planned. He did not just, uh, you know, they were not just one night stands and then there was a child, blah, blah, blah. So is he saying should, that uh, he planned to have the kids or is, did he plan to have the four women with six kids? With every woman that he had a kid with, there was a prior agreement that they're going to have a kid. Oh, okay. Yes, and people should not think that uh, she was just, you know, running around, sleeping around. And then she was saying that for the women that are not cutting him any slack, uh, he was telling women that you guys, if we count the number of men that you slept with and probably aborted and probably <laughs> had a, a morning after pill and probably, you know, did all these things and we counted the children that you would be having right now, I, yeah. I believe there would be there. I believe there would be more than ten kids if, <laughs> if you kept all your kids. If you, ke- I kept all my kids. Did you keep all your kids? Ooh. <laughs> 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 That's uh, a major slap bug. You know, I, she's saying I kept my kids. Did you keep your kids? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So anyway, um how is Uganda? 
Uganda, Uganda has been wet. It's been raining. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, my body is also when reacting. Say, when you say a country is wet, it can confuse people. How? I don't know. It's weird. You're just, you're just projecting your perversion. Chances are you are projecting your perversion. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is, that is also, that, that could be true. <laughs> but we are, we are living in a perverted world, you know? We are struggling with perversion. A whole lot of struggling yeah, happening and, there. And in, and, in, and in Kenya, you know, the last, the last piece of news going around right now is that there is some cultic organization in Kenya that has buried, uh, that has starved. Oh my God, that guy. People. Ezekiel? Yeah. No, he's not Ezekiel. Ezekiel is, uh, is an accomplice. Who is the other one? There was another name that the I don't remember. Mackenzie. Mackenzie, right. Yeah, so you know Ezekiel that is now in police custody. Just the other day, he had a, a gathering of, of his faithfuls, and there were about sixty thousand in a sixty thousand. Yeah, and uh, now the government is claiming that he has been ferrying dead people to to a nearby uh, what is it called? This place Dump where site? dead bodies, mortuary. What? So the owner of the mortuary has been asked whether this gentleman has been bringing corpses here. Uh-huh. And he answered in the affirmative, saying that he has been bringing them in droves. What the heck? Mm. It makes that mortuary person an accomplice after the fact. No. Because, no, where is this person getting all these dead bodies? That's a question that would come to your mind. Is that a betting crime? How are you betting crime in that? No, it's not a betting. When you look at crime, there is yeah. the person that commits the crime. If, there if, is if, there if, is an if, accomplice. If he, was, if he was doing something crazy, uh-huh. then he would not volunteer that information. He would just say this guy doesn't bring bodies. If there was some sort of collusion, you get. But if someone but is bringing, well, it, it would ra- for, your, for your consciousness. Okay, not even consciousness. It's, it's not like the guy. It's, it's raises. Not, it's, not like, it's not like the guy is. It's not that like the guy is the one bringing bodies. Bodies are coming there. So, I mean. Oh, it's not I him. Think, I think. No, he's not him. Of course, he's not going to handle bodies. He's going to handle bodies. So anyway, today we wanted to talk about uh, relationship in the working place. Yeah. Uh, people that you've worked with and things like that. How, do you find it easy to work with, uh, with people? It comes with emotional intelligence. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of restraint that comes with dealing with human beings in every kind of relationship. And for workspaces, I can only, for the people that I mostly deal with, it comes from my day job. Uh, For my projects, there is so much single handling of things and, uh, you know, tapping into the friend's expertise. Yeah. But for workspace, really, sometimes people blame you for things you have not done. (laughs) And you're like, seriously? And then for some times, and I think I realized this is something I picked from Randa, was that you don't have to react to everything. Some things Mm. you just let them pass. Randa really made me learn how to suppress, you know, just, yeah. And then before you know it, it it wouldn't even have been worthy of a response or or a reaction. It's usually very strange. But as a lawyer, are you to criminal law or you are into just this kind of a boring kind of law where you're, <laughs> you're writing, you know, you're writing contracts, you're doing this and that. You find writing contracts boring? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't imagine that it would be as interesting as appearing in court and arguing a, a murder case, would it? I don't find arguing very interesting. I you feel like it's... writing contracts in, I, f- uh, I feel uh, like enjoyable? it's... There is a lot of bickering. <laughs> It feels like bickering. 
and mm. sometimes you're bickering with someone who knows the truth and <laughs> but so, the way, let me ask you something you know, as far as law is concerned if somebody has murdered somebody do they need to tell the lawyer that they, they actually murdered one when you are hiring a lawyer you tell them where you're coming from with hiring them and in most cases yeah. we expect we believe the people that come to us we believe their version of the story but sometimes you find that this person is telling lies and sometimes you find that out in the middle of the case you yeah. look a fool and <laughs> it's very aggravating it's very aggravating So for example you, you would not know what the police has already dug out. It comes with your connections as well. You can have uh, an investigator on board to find out. Yeah. To verify your facts as well. Now recently we had this guy who was claiming that a hospital had taken out his kidney I think. His And, kidney. Uh-huh. When he had gone for I think a a different operation and he got a lawyer this lawyer was on the news convincing people how they are going to actually sue the hospital but when i was having this yeah. conversation with mom she was like i don't believe that guy if it was a kidney this is where it would have hurt not where he is touching or where he is like there's there was a way how she was explaining it to me and then they later found out that i think his case was an anomaly the kind of person that was born with one kidney there was no scar there was nothing when they made the scan so it's very easy for you to be driven by a client's emotions without you knowing the facts so it's important to do he so much that work he had one kidney in, in adulthood yes How is that possible? It was after him doing a scan I think. There was an operation yeah. that they had done. I don't I didn't I mm. didn't really follow up with the case, but there was a claim that the hospital had taken out his kidney and he was ready to sue. He had hired this prominent lawyer. The lawyer was on the news convincing people. And you know, it just brings you shame. You look a fool. Mm. Ah, okay. So for me, I have dealt with a lot of people over the years. I've dealt with uh, people that I would consider employees. I've dealt with people that I would consider partners, people that I would consider consultants. Gosh, I've worked with so many people in my life. And uh, you know, one of the things I've realized with dealing with people is that, uh, is it me that's uh. having this problem of dealing with people or people are really shitty? Are, they, are, they, are people shitty or am I, do I demand too much from people? Or I have got a problem myself. Do you communicate what your needs are before having this conversation that is requiring you to work on? Like if you're having work with someone, are their objectives aligning with yours? When you're hiring them, have you communicated? Let me let me, let me tell you something now that you're talking about hiring, yeah? Yeah. Some three years ago, four years ago, Well, not four years ago, I have seen a lot of uh, companies or organizations reaching out to firms that actually their job is to hire people. And I was like, this is so lazy. Why would you reach out to somebody to hire just two, three people? Why don't you just hire them by yourself? Until I started hiring. <laughs> What was, was your like, experience? <laughs> and I was like, damn, this is why people actually hire people to hire. Right. Because the people that are professional hirers are very good at what they do. 
they have no emotions in what they are doing. They are, they are going to get to the right person. They are going to do the due diligence. They're not going to care about your story. You know, sometimes you meet somebody and you're like, oh, this person, I really sympathize with them. Let me give them this job so that this job cannot, can help them uh, take care of their lives. You know, yeah. probably they tell you that you, they are no fun, blah, 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 many, many stories. Uh-huh. But hiring farms would not. And then I realized that that is exactly why hiring farms are supposed to hire for you. Because I have done a lot of bad hires in the past. Very, very bad. In Was fact, it based on your emotions? I just didn't know how to look. I didn't know what to ask, I think. I was just green around it. So that ties into relationship with people. You find that somebody's not good enough. You know, they are coming late to work. They are not doing the bare minimum of what you need to happen. And you really get pissed off. Uh-huh. And the relationship quickly breaks down. Because for me, when I realize that you're not doing the bare minimum, the thing that you're supposed to do, I'm like, why are we in this? I don't understand why we are in this thing. We need to do better. So, Is it, is it something that starts uh, right from the day of commencement of the job? Or does someone just get der- derailed? Pretty, pretty, pretty quickly, you realize that it was not the best the, the person to hire. Yeah, You realize that their attitude towards work, their attitude towards what they're doing is not the best. So the relationship becomes really, really bad. You remember the other day I, I said that I wanted uh, somebody on social media and people went ballistic on me, <laughs> uh, saying that I'm going to be toxic, I am a toxic kind of person, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Obviously, if you looked at the way I talk and you don't know me, you'd think that, okay, this guy, this is not the guy that I can work with. Yeah, I actually read it out to my workmates. <laughs> And, read, and they said this is terrible. They're like, who does he think he is? <laughs> yeah, you see. So, And I was just laughing because like, you guys, it's nothing serious. And they were like, because you know him, other people don't know him. And I was like, okay, yeah. okay. So relating with the people, I've realized that um, if you want to relate with the people, you need to really understand people. Yeah. The kind of people they are. And for me, I don't think understanding people means that you should continue working with them or you should continue being in a relationship with them. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes relationships working. don't have to work out. Yeah. Uh, but then I, especially- I took a course in leadership and emotional intelligence and it was trickling into what is required from an employer or a leader mm. in a project and things like that when it comes to deal with people, when it comes to influence and all those things were tackled. And I realized that There is so much work required from, let's say, in your position as an employer. There is so much work that requires Mm. the employer to relate with this employee so that there are greater results that are, you know, seen when it comes to the projects. So... It also comes to you when you ask yourself whether it is you. Do you get to that part of the emotional intelligence as a leader? For me, I look at these things in just the way it comes, yeah? Uh. If you're supposed to be coming to work at, let's say, 9, and you're not coming at 9, you're coming at 10 or 11, something is really wrong. Uh. If you're supposed to be doing A, B, C, D, and you only do A, B, something is really wrong. You know, yeah. so that is how I usually look at it. I, I look at it from the point of view of this is what it is. This is what it should be. Yeah, I think it also comes to a question of what is making it hard for you to achieve the others. If you're doing just half. Mm. Yeah, you would come down to that kind of, you know, questioning. Because when you asked about how my experience of dealing with people, I was a bit confused. But then you see for the foundation, Equate Foundation, that we have members to it. 
that contribute on a monthly basis. But then you find that there is someone that takes like a year without contributing at all. But then you're in conversation with them. You ask, is this something that is still interesting you? And they tell you, I still Mm. want to be a part of this, but I went out of my job. You ask someone else and they're like, man, I am currently struggling with a pregnancy that made me stay at home and I no longer have funds to fund this. The moment I get back on my feet, I'm ready to chip in. This year, someone got a job and she was like, I actually want to double my contribution. You see that kind of thing. There's a lot of patience that comes with it. If someone is only results oriented, there's a very big chance that they're going to lose out on uh, the people that they would be working with. Mm. Yeah. I think so. So do you remember a relationship with somebody that broke down and you were to blame? Uh, Well, uh, (laughs) there are two yeah. And they say the same thing. They say that I love a lot or love genuinely and something like that. Or I'm very honest. And the question was, so you don't like honest people? You don't like people that love truly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at some point I was like, so am I a problem? <laughs> and I was obviously, wondering, so how do I reduce obviously, it? Obviously, obviously you don't think that you're the problem. They said they said I am a, I am the problem and I was wondering how to work around with no, that. No, actually the question I asked you was that you felt that you were the problem. Feeling like I was the problem, I've not had that. I've not had those. I put in my whole into relationships. There is no relationship in your life that has broken down and you blame yourself for the break, for the breakdown. Are you lying to me? That's, now you have that kind of approach to life, Jagger. You, when you experience something, now let me air this out for you. You have this thing, a tendency of when you experience something, you believe every other person experiences life like that. No, I'm not saying that. No, but you're already saying that I'm lying to you and it's not. I'm asking you, are you lying to me? I am not. Why would you assume yeah, so you that just I am? Me I'm, not, I'm not lying to you instead of... Instead no, of instead no, but of, it's not of, the first it, time. It's not the first time that you do that. <laughs> but I've done what? That you have pointed out that I could be lying. Yeah, but people lie. Why, why, why you are not people? Why, are you, why, why would it be the first thing that comes to you if you're not a liar? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's really bad. <laughs> I actually, really I actually had a conversation with myself and I was like, but I think this guy might be lying to me a lot because why, why is it when I tell him my things, the first thing he says that I'm telling lies? And I had planned to tell you, but then I, I think I just forgot. Sometimes I just, I just say it out of, with a light, with a, in a, on a light note. Like it's, I'm not like serious that you're lying. Oh, there are days when you're like, ah, you, you are lying. Like yeah, seriously? But I always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I might feel you are lying, but no problem. So what, what, what not, have you have you blamed yourself for a relationship that broke down? Yeah, to some extent, yes. There are a couple that I have uh, I have sort of blamed myself that I did not. I probably they got tired of me or something like that. Mm. That I wasn't uh, I wasn't a good friend or I wasn't I did not exactly behave in a good way. Yeah. So I uh, I look back and say probably I would have done it better. I would have behaved better or I would have handled the situation better. Uh-huh. But now that you say that you've not felt it, there is sometimes mm. somebody has decided not to talk to you anymore. Right. But they still like you. But they have decided that you've had them and they're just going away. I would have I had that moment this- with you. <laughs> There was a year, I don't remember what posts you were making in that period. And I was like, what the heck? What post did I make? I made that a post on Facebook. 
he, I don't remember which year it was. I made a post on Facebook. A couple of them. They were following oh, each other. And I was that. like, I was like, this is disgusting. And I just stopped talking to you for a while. Now, when you called me, I felt like I didn't have energy to talk to you. What, what, what were the posts about? I cannot remember. I think this is like 2018 or 19. I don't remember. You were saying that I made posts that were disgusting and you cannot remember any, I, what it was about. I remember, what was what, I remember my feelings around that period. I'm not going to sit around. I have so many things to deal with. I can't be storing what posts Jagero made. But they were attached to you. And, and if I have moved on, if I've moved past them, there is no reason for me to be carrying them around. If I've not talked about the, I don't even know if we had a conversation about them. We might have, because I don't know how to move on just like that. We might have had yeah. a conversation about them. For me to have healthy relationships with people when they've... The days I used to really uh, fight feminists, probably it's those days. I don't know. Yeah, there is that days I used to really fight with feminists on social media. And then now probably I would go out and make posts based on maybe an argument that we had on a thread or something like that. Okay. But I'm not saying that I did something wrong. I'm just saying that probably... <laughs> you don't things. even know it, so it's okay. So when you look back and feel like you might have done better for some of the relationships that got broken, yeah. do you actually yes. invest the good work in the new relationships that you get to build? Well, sometimes you say, okay, I need to be a little bit careful. Eh? Like I have grown to be accommodative of people. Also, when people say that some things hurt me and I don't like such some things, there are days I used to say, come on, don't be a pussy, you know, toughen up. I used to say that's those kind of things, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a big deal. What's, what's your problem? What's your problem? But I've realized that there are things that trigger people. It's not like they don't really like them, but it triggers something in them. Like for me, uh, I feel like there are some things that were very hurtful when I was young. And if I see people behaving like that or talking about them, then I sort of get triggered in a way you know? Yeah. Yeah. So for example, uh, in Kenya, we like making a lot of jokes with, uh, with the other tribes. Yeah. Right. So it's a big deal in Kenya. The only joke around, even comedians are just talking about other tribes, mm. you know, talking about what they don't like or the colors they, they like, just making, making a lot of jokes around them. So the other day I was making a, a joke about Kikuyus and this guy was saying that I've been watching you for some time now and you really like making weird jokes about my tribe and mm. I really don't like it. So sometimes you go back to your seat and think about, do, do I really need to go, uh, you know, go on doing this thing? Because some people are not very happy with the, the way my line of jokes or things like that. So sometimes, or even in a family, there are things that my wife has told me that she doesn't like. Or, and sometimes you, you know, just say, oh, well, if you don't like it, so, so what? Ah, or your, your brothers or your sisters and things like that, you know. But at some point, I feel like you just want to understand that these people are getting hurt by the things I say. Yeah. So it's, it's important that I tone down. It's important that I quit uh, saying those things or behaving in that manner. My wife used to hate a lot. I think I've not even changed up to today. She she, she hates the fact that I when I eat, I don't remove my plates from the table. I just I just go wash my hands, and somebody has to take care of those plates. That is funny, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god. <laughs> it is so hard it is so hard to just pick please and take to the kitchen where it do you think so that hard. comes from you aren't doing that at home no 
who was picking the place after your mother? I don't remember. Is that so? I don't remember. Uh, but I, I, I honestly have a feeling that I see my daughter is always taking her place to the kitchen every time she's finished with eating. So you could say that my daughter is better than me in terms of uh, manners. <laughs> <laughs> I found it. Now, let me tell you something. I found it hard for me to come to a place of feeling like if I am down, I should talk to Jagero. Why? There's a time when you sent me a messenger in 2017. You were just checking on me. And the previous day, I think I had just broken up with someone. So I told you my heart is shattered. I've just been dumped. And I've also seen the girl that he has moved on with. And she's really beautiful, you know? Yeah. And then the following day, you came to the messenger and you're like, yo, how is your broken heart? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yo. You know, at first I was shocked, but I was like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> and I ended up laughing. <laughs> <laughs> And we were, I don't know how the conversation went on. I actually can't check Messenger and find out, but they're really old chats. 2017 is a very long time. So it took me a while. Yeah. (laughs) So when I I saw people seeking advice, relationship advice, there was a year still. I think it was the following year, 2018. You had written something and uh, people were coming to your inbox seeking relationship advice. I was like, ha! <laughs> you're not gonna get you're not gonna get shit. You're not gonna get shit. Do you feel like it's a defensive mechanism for you not to absorb people's um, struggles? I I, I I I think like there is a place it comes from. Yeah. I think the death of my mother really, really, really numbed me mm-hmm. to external pain. You know, I lost my father in a very dramatic way. Mm. Then just before I went to college and then I went to college and five months into my college, my mother died and they sent me a message saying that uh, they sent a, a, a classmate a message uh, with just like a telegram. Tell, tell Ken that his mother is dead. So that and uh, the fact that my mother really suffered when she was alive. She was in and out of the hospital, and so was our last born, who was mm. having a, a very painful bone disease. And so I saw them suffering. My mother suffered a lot in and out of the hospital. My my bro suffered a lot in and out of hospital. My nephew, I don't know if you know Kevin. Kevin is that that tall guy that is that usually comes to my house once in a while. I think I I, I see the name. I saw the name on uh, some. He sent me a friend request on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I was very, I wasn't sure. I was like, I think I've seen this person. Yeah. So those, 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 those deaths and a lot of deaths in my family have sort of numbed me. Yeah. Yeah. So I have struggled with understanding other people's pain. You know, if somebody's just sick or whatever, and, and based on my my own pain too. Uh huh. You know, so I feel like there's nothing new under the sun in terms of suffering. Mm. I feel like that is where I am coming with from this kind of... Uh, but, you know, I'm learning. You know, we are always learning. Every day I'm learning. That yeah. somebody's pain is somebody's pain. And you cannot in any way lighten it or make it light and say that, you know, your pain is nothing. Yeah. It is their pain. They feel it. And so even if you can't empathize, the little you can do is to sympathize with that kind of person. It shocked me. Them. It shocked me when I was having... You called me early in the morning. That must have been 2020. And uh, we were talking and... 
I didn't expect you to be the kind of person that acknowledges conversations on mental health. But we really had a long call that morning and I was like, this is huge. What, I don't remember anything like that. Of course. You, how many things do you remember, Jagero? <laughs> like, if I'm talking about 2020 and we're in 2023, I feel like I would have been demanding so much of you to remember that. What did we talk about? Do you remember? It, was, it, was, it, it wasn't a specific topic. But the struggles and the need for people to have therapy sessions and find someone who is skilled to have these conversations with, that's something you acknowledge and as like, oh, wow, that's huge coming from him. Mm. But then when you look at, uh, see, in 2021, when I was in your home, I lost a friend. I don't know if you ever found out. By the time he died, you were in the village and I really broke down and Amari really helped me to deal with the loss. And by the time you returned, I couldn't even tell you because <laughs> I think I had told you that people were dying before you had left. And you're like, yeah, people die every day. It's nothing serious. <laughs> so when you returned, <laughs> when you returned, I couldn't even tell you that I was grieving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then last year, was it last year when you lost your brother? Mm. I noticed you were going through deep pain, immense pain. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, perhaps that's actually did you, different. Did you console me? I gave you money. Cut yourself. You also don't you remember did? that. Jagero. Oh, I don't remember. You sent me money through what? M-Pesa? How else do I send you money, Jagero? Well, you're not in the business of sending me money. <clears throat> If we have to compare the the, the, the statistics actually. of sending money, you but 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 let me let me let me take let me take this opportunity to thank you for for grieving with me. That was nice. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> was, I sent was, you money. Was... What are you talking about? Ah, it was nice of yeah. you. Can yeah. Can you imagine? My, my, my brothers, <laughs> my brother, I was very, I was very close to my brother. Mm-hmm. Extremely, extremely close. I would have said that he was my best friend in the family because he would just come. And, and my, the relationship with my brother was a bit, uh, what can I say? It was, it was, it was good. We used to fight a lot with my brother when we were young. And then we got into drunkenness and, uh, and he wasn't a good person. And then he, he left those ways and decided to get born again. And he became a very good guy. He would come mm-hmm. to my house. We'd spend the, we would spend a long time. We would drive from, from the village all the way to the city. As a matter of fact, he died when he was coming to, from visiting me. Yeah, the I remember that. The last thing I remember about him is that we just laughed the whole time. Throughout the journey, we were just laughing and making merry. And, you know, it was like a goodbye of, of sorts. And then he was gone. So... The relationships, even relationships with the family. What is your relationship like with your brothers? You never talk about your brothers. Are you, are you estranged from them? <laughs> a bit. A bit. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah. So I noticed there is a period in 2002, mom mm-hmm. had to leave the city center and go and work in the upcountry where she had gotten a better paying job. So mm-hmm. we were split in different homes. And yeah. in 2002, by that time I was about eight years old. So yeah. when I was in a different home, my brothers were in different places. So you find that I have stronger relationships with these other people that I experienced life with for about five years. Not even five, maybe five or seven. Because you're looking at the eight-year-old self up to the age mm. of 15-ish. 
you even tra- going through the transformation of being a child and then teenager you have relation you see your brothers but for really short time you know maybe yeah. we have convened but then for you see even for my eldest brother i might have taken about 10 years without seeing him like 10 consecutive years not even 10 seven, seven consecutive years yes my eldest brother and that period you don't mm. even have phones where you're talking but of course we had a strong relationship when i was younger and then for the middle brother we fought a lot for some reason he was already stepping i was well i think we were already stepping on each other's toes i want i don't want to throw him under the bus and yet for some periods i feel like he's such a darling but then i don't know what happens i think what what even might have happened is that when we sort of got together in the same house when when mom decided that she had been very far away from her kids for a long time she returned but she didn't just decide the other job up country was done and we had to go back to our house so you find that the middle brother was always projecting this kind of thing of i am your elder respect me and i'm like what the heck <laughs> <laughs> so it 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 was really so much friction even for the people that I grew up with we are different but there is a way how we can hear each other like there is a relationship that was created in that period I've had to think through it myself and I'm like whoa mom to manage to take us through there were a lot of sacrifices that had to be made yeah yeah uh, okay for me family has been a, a sort of a difficult uh, waters to navigate mm Yeah. Uh, for example, I have very little relationship with my in-laws. I would like the situation to be a little better. We are not fighting or anything. We are not like uh, a dog and sheep, but you know, sometimes I feel like I see a lot of people having better relationship with their in-laws. I'm close to my mother-in-law, but not very close to my brother-in-law or and my and one one of my sister-in-laws. Yeah, my family uh we have fought a lot in the past. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it is becoming better. Actually, by the time my brother was dying, he was not in speaking terms with my two sisters, Ouch. with my only two sisters. So they came to bury somebody that they were not talking to before. I think my sister, my elder sister a little bit, but my other sister, no, they were not talking at all. But then I realized that, uh, you know, there is a lot of expectation from family. Mm. A lot of expectation from family. And I don't know who wrote these rules, but, you know, even the villagers, even the people that are next to you are claiming like, uh, you know, you need to do this, you need to do this for your brothers, for, you, for your sisters, and, you know, this way and that way. But... But sometimes you are just also having your own demons, you know, you are following your own things. You are you are living in a city, you are tired, you 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 don't have enough. You'd like more, but you don't have it, you know, so mm. those kind of things. Mm. I hear you on that. So it can be very very tough at times. Some people don't so understand anyway, it. <laughs> no, they don't. We've had to talk about the relationships with um, at, at workspaces, but now as someone that is self-employed and a create should I call you a creative? You come up well, with a couple could. of you come up with a couple of projects that come with uh, the need of funding. And I had that experience for the first time this year. And I was really frustrated, and it really helped when you're telling me that, hey, that is what happens. Yeah, especially we call it sometimes in projects we call it cold emailing or cold chatting, whereby you're approaching people that you've never talked with before. Uh huh. It can be very, very hard, and once you've gotten them there. Sometimes you don't know how it is going to be, what it's going to yield, how these people are going to are going to talk to you, whether they're going to say yes, whether they're going to say no. So it's very, very tough. But sometimes you 
for me, I've realized that, you know, if you're going to be approaching people that you don't know, you're going to get a yes or a no. Yeah. They, it's not going to be, there's nothing that's going to be okay. You know, you look at it this way, you look at it that way. The people that I'd been in contact with, for the most part, I knew them. The people that said yes, I had barely known them for a month. Yeah. And I was like, wow. So, so, so that is basically how it looks. But anyway, I think we can leave it at this and then we can check with our guys later. How are you, how, how, how do you feel about, about this segment that you're doing right now? How do I feel about it? How exactly do you mean? Like, uh, what vibes are you getting so far since we started? What well, are, since what, uh, we started the segment on the podcast. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love it. I love it. You love it? But you don't talk about it. It's like you don't, you're not part of it. Oh, I will talk about it more. Okay, so people of Nabuguzi, Princess Nabuguzi. Princess Nabuguzi, thank you very much for chatting Princess. with me in your, <laughs> in, in, your spanking, in your spanking new podcast. You know, I really enjoy talking about things that we talk about. And I'm hoping that uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. This is going to be better. I'm confident. Yeah. So, bye everyone. See you in the next episode. Ciao. Goodbye. See you on Wednesday. Yep. Wednesday? What is happening on Wednesday? That's when the new episode comes out every Wednesday. Okay. Wow, Jagero. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Hashtime with Nambuzi Chuanke. If you loved Unraveling Life with Jagero, it is happening every Monday. Our episodes are still ongoing every Wednesday. Tune in for a new episode. And for the Unraveling Life with Jagero, tune in every Monday. But I would advise you to listen to everything. <laughs> everything, Monday and Wednesday. Perhaps we shall come up with something else that we'll be covering Fridays, I think. Just watch the space. Something could happen. See you on Wednesday.